Uh, the scripture lesson today is this text from 1 John chapter 3, and I've titled the sermon, A Holy Imagination, A Holy Imagination. One of the things I love about Miss Nancy, uh, and is somewhat intimidating following her children's sermon, is because she's so imaginative. It's like she can take a biblical text and just make it come alive in such a wonderful and fresh way. I, I love the fact that you have maintained your sense of imagination. Uh, I, have a, I had a sense of imagination at one time. I, I think it's probably safe to say that it's sort of an innate thing that we're born with this sense of imagination. I can remember as a child that I used to tie a, a towel around my neck and I imagined that I was a superhero like Superman, and, and the way I jumped off of rock walls and out of trees, you would have thought that I really thought I was Superman. And I'm, I'm just really thankful that in my superhero days, I did not break any bones. Um, as I got older, I began, I, I, I found and fell in love with Georgia Championship Wrestling. Anybody ever remember that? Georgia Championship Wrestling, I, I imagined that I was Tommy Wildfire Rich, probably because he and I had the same first name, and Tommy Wildfire Rich was always in a feud with Buzz Sawyer, and so I just imagined that I was Tommy Wildfire Rich, and I'm thankful I didn't break any bones while I imagined that I was Tommy Wildfire Rich, but we did break several bed slats on my parents' bedroom uh, bed when they weren't around, when we were wrestling, when we shouldn't have been. I, I can remember as a child when, when I uh, would eat my spinach, that I imagined that I was going to become as strong as Popeye the Sailor Man. And, well, we can see how that worked out. Um, the closest I became to Sailor is that I can talk like one when I really get angry. But I, I could imagine that if I just ate enough of those, that spinach, that that's exactly who I would become. And, and I can remember my mother telling me that before I was even able to speak, that I would set up chairs in our living room and that I would put a podium up there and I would stand up there with a Bible imagining that I was a preacher. And I guess at least one of the things that I imagined as a child actually came true. Imagination is this wonderful thing. It's, it's, imagination is what helps us to, to create possibilities in the future. Imagination is one of those things that, that really does change the world. I can remember when I first began to hear about cell phones and I thought, how in the world can you have a phone that you can talk to that's not plugged into a wall somewhere? That, there's no way that that's possible. But somebody somewhere imagined that that kind of thing was possible. Imagination is what makes things happen in the world. And yet somewhere along the way, many of us human beings put our imagination aside. Or we put our imagination away. We begin to focus more on knowledge and less on imagination. And make no mistake about it, knowledge is absolutely and important, but knowledge in and of itself is not 
enough. You need both knowledge and imagination. Uh, some of my professors in seminary, they had knowledge. They knew the biblical text, forwards, backwards, side to side, perhaps better than I will ever know it. And yet I had people teaching me in seminary who had such great knowledge of Scripture who could not imagine that Scripture was true. Knowledge isn't enough. You have to have knowledge, but you also have to have imagination. It's important to have information, but you also need to believe in transformation. I wonder, is that why the writer of 1 John, believed to be the Apostle John himself, referred to his audience as little children? Because you see, children have this quest for knowledge, but they still have that great imagination as well. They haven't let go yet of the imagination and begin to focus solely on knowledge. They still have a wonderful combination of both. And I wonder if that's why John is calling his audience little children in Scripture. Because it is important to know everything that you can know about God. It is important to study God's Word and to know what God's Word says. But it is also important to have imagination to, to imagine what God thinks is possible. To imagine what God can do and will do in our lives if we will but give God the opportunity to do that. After all, God created imagination. I mean, God, when God created the world, it was a blank canvas, and God just began to imagine all of the things that could be possible. And God began to speak all of those things into being. And then the crowning jewel of God's imagination is when God created man and woman. You know, when God created man and woman, really, at that point, all we were, were part of God's creation. And yet, that wasn't good enough for God. God didn't just want us to be creatures. God wanted us to be children. And so God used imagination to say, you know what, these man and woman, this is more than just something that I created. I want them to actually become my children. God created us in God's image. We are God's children. And that's definitely one of the points that John wants to make in the letter that he has written to his intended audience is that you and I are children of God right now. And yet God imagined even something beyond that. And that's what John wants to describe to us today. John says that even now, we are God's children. And yet, there's something else that God has imagined and God has planned. 
We don't understand in full what that is. But John says that when it is revealed, something beautiful is going to happen. Not only are we children of God, but when this begins to be revealed in God's infinite imagination and God's infinite possibilities, we will be like God. And we will see God as God is. Imagine that. That's a holy imagination. It's what God desires for each one of us as God's children. As good as it is to be known intimately by a loving heavenly parent, it gets even better because of God's great imagination there will come a day when we will be like him there will come a day when we will see him in all his glory that is a holy imagination and then John goes on to say because of that holy imagination because of what God has imagined is possible for you and for me, wouldn't you want to be on your best behavior until then? Wouldn't you want to show the respect and reverence and love and awe of God between that time, between the time now and that time to come? I heard one preacher say one time, uh, if you could imagine you got a phone call from the President of the United States, and in this politically divided world, I will say, when you get the call from a president that you like. Let's just put it that way. So if you don't like this one and you like another one, you can pick whatever president you want. But if you got an invitation to go and to meet with the president, wouldn't you be on your best behavior? Would you walk into the Oval Office and just kick off your shoes and just put your foot up on the coffee table there and say, hey, Prez, could I get a soft drink? You'd be on your best behavior, wouldn't you? You'd dress nicely. You'd, be, you'd, you'd mind your manners. You, you'd hold your tongue. Uh, you would speak respectfully. You would do those things because you, you, you have respect and regard for one who is in a position greater than your own. And really at the core, I think that's exactly what 1 John is trying to say to you is the, and to me is that wouldn't you, with a God, with an imagination that God has, who has promised us more than we can ever begin to comprehend or understand on this side of eternity, shouldn't our response be to honor and revere and respect and to love that God? You see, sin takes us further away from God. It doesn't get us closer to God. Sin is turning away from God. And so what John is saying here is that if you really want to live into the imagination that God has for us, if we really want to be like God, if we really want to see God as God is, then we should want to be more like Jesus. 
And if we really want to be more like Jesus, we begin to see the sin that is present in our lives and we begin to say, you know what? I don't want that to be the dominating force in my life. I want to imagine that, that I can grow in holiness, that I can become more like Christ the more I spend time with Christ. And the more we spend time with Christ and the more we seek to be like Christ, the more power Christ gives us over sin. And then all of a sudden, you can be Tommy Wildfire Rich. You can become more like a superhero. You can begin to imagine that because God so loves us, and God has created wonderful possibilities for us, that God will help us and equip us to gain more and more power over the sin in our lives. You will never reach the point where you no longer sin. But your sin will always, in the right relationship with God, be so convicting and converting that it will constantly refocus and reframe for you that because you want to see God as God is, and because you want to be like Christ, you want to try to live in the way that Christ calls us to live. The good news is that you're already a child of God. You don't have to earn it. You don't deserve it, but you don't have to earn it. God longs to be in loving relationship with us. God just hopes that that love transforms our heart so that we will seek to abide with Jesus. And the more we abide with Christ, the less power sin has in our life. So how's your imagination? Do you imagine, can you imagine receiving the promise that God has made to you? by virtue of you being a children of God? Do you realize that because you are children, that that's just the beginning? That God has more in mind and more in store for all of us? May God give us that holy imagination today.